0: Hello and welcome. My name's Kirsty Rice, and together with my co host Nikki Moffat, we are the two fat expats. And when we say fat, we mean we lot to our expat lives. With 13 different countries and six children between us, we've managed to fill our passports and our lives with a lot of expat experience. We know that it's more than finding a new home or a new office or a new school. It's the day-to-day, the how do I get my driver's license. Where do I pay to get a postbox? And does anyone know where I can find a decent hairdresser? Due to COVID, I'm currently grounded in Australia with my children while my husband is working away in Qatar. Nikki is in Copenhagen with her family, which is where we find her today. Hello, Nikki Moffat. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Kirsty Rice. I'm a little bit chilly. It's minus one
1: this morning. Oh. So we're entering the winter stage, but there is sunshine, so let's not complain when there's sunshine around.
0: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, Nikki, shall we fly straight into those two FedEx Pat questions? Let's do it. I want to ask you, Austria has just announced compulsory vaccinations. Who's next? I know most of us are vaccinated now, but does this mean that those with vaccine hesitancy should just forget about an expat life?
1: Yeah, really good question. Who is next? I was really interested. I was in Hamburg last week uh, for work and I had lunch one day with my boss and one of my colleagues who are Italian and they told me that basically it's already in place in Italy but it didn't get the same press that the Austria announcement got which i found really really interesting uh. so the italian announcement was that you um had to have had to be vaccinated to go to work to go to the office and if you weren't vaccinated you couldn't go into a working office environment and then your employer could decide if you weren't in the office if they We're going to pay you or not? It's employer discretion. So you could not be paid if you couldn't come into the office. So that's basically a vaccine mandate. I mean, that's what that's saying. You can't have gainful employment, you know, unless you do that. So, yeah. Look, I think it's coming bit by bit in lots of places. Vaccine hesitancy. I mean, a lot of people with the vaccine hesitancy are saying, "I just want to see how it goes." So, you know, maybe in 12 months they'll, they won't be as hesitant. They'll feel better about it. But, look, I think, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really tough right now to know, particularly if you're sitting somewhere like you and I. We're both vaccinated and we feel comfortable about that and comfortable about our families being vaccinated, comfortable about our children. They're of an age that we feel comfortable for that. Uh, and my children have been vaccinated, as have yours. And so I just think... I, it's hard for me to have a, a point of view from the other side. I can't really put myself f- in those shoes right now. What about you? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I th- I think those with vaccine hesitancy will probably have to forget about an expat life for a little while, because I think if you're if you're moving with a with a company, which is what expat life is, right? You've moved to go and work in another location with someone usually right unless you're the spouse of someone or you somehow have an infinite amount of money that you don't have to work so let's just say that's mostly no one um but yes if you're going to work and people are going to fly you from your home country to their home country you've got to get from a to b to c to d and maybe they even want you to work in some other countries while you're doing it and go and drum up some business and see people and I don't, I can't see how any company could say, all right, well, we know that there's a huge COVID issue in X, Y, Z and, you know, we'll just suck it and see and see how they go Um, because of the hospital bills, because of, you know, getting in and out of exactly like you said, getting in and out of the office. You know, will they be able to stay at a hotel? Will they be able to get on a certain bus to get from, you, the airport, you know, from one lounge to the other, are they going to have to have a stream of PCR tests every time? Um, I just, I think that this sort of thing is just making it harder and harder. Maybe you don't forget about it altogether, but I think life would be very difficult to be travelling at the moment without a vaccination. I wonder.
1: You know, we say that people that live globally mobile lives, expat lives, have a different, slightly different, maybe a different mindset to people that prefer to stay in one place or one country. I wonder whether there's a a difference in the vaccine hesitancy of people who are living that life? So I wonder what the percentage is of people who have said, um, "Okay, I, I have vaccine he- hesitancy, or I do not wish to have the COVID vaccine." I wonder how many expats in situ at the moment have taken that viewpoint versus, you know, the population in general in those countries. It'd be
0: an interesting. Well, you know, Nikki, what's survey. interesting is we we have an expat group of thirty. 30- thousand people <laughs> was it 33 31,000 people yeah. and I think it's pretty safe to say because you know I hadn't even thought about this until you've just said that comment that back when we first started talking about COVID yes we used to have to be very careful about you know who posted what and keeping an eye on people's very strong opinions. Yeah. I haven't uh, had one anti-vax uh, comment that I think I've had to deal with in the past six months you
1: yeah there, there's certainly been some some comments um by people th- that are more political rather than anti-vax i think there's yeah. two sort of streams to yes. that yeah. so one is the political the pandemic, the you know you're all sheep and yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. to me that's more political than and than anti-vax like that that's yeah. like i believe this sort of or this is my worldview um whereas anti-vax is more like you know I have a strong moral objection to being vaccinated for this reason Mm. and you're right I haven't seen many of those I have there's some political comments that I've had to sort of address but there hasn't really been many of those anti-vaxxers so yeah no No, and I have
0: I have seen people that have had vaccine hesitancy that have then said I just need to get vaccinated or else I'm I can't keep living here I see that you know one of a previous football star from the club that I support, I have had a hunch that he has huge vaccine hesitancy just by the way he's hedged his bets in interviews and discussions and it's now come out that, you know, he will not be vaccinated but that will mean he will not be able to do his job next year and he's a television and radio personality within, you know, the AFL, but he won't be able to get into the grounds to commentate the games. So there's so many, you know, we see it all the time now of people that can't do their jobs. Nikki, you would made a point uh, earlier about the German soccer coach who um, had to quit over his fake vaccine certificate. Fake
1: vaccine certificate. So, and, and so I'll,
0: did his assistant coach. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so this is the thing. So when I was in Germany this week, when I went to a restaurant or to a bar, I had to show my vaccine, uh, my COVID passport and a form of identification that was acceptable in Germany. So my passport, my driver's license or a German identity card. In in, and that's a thing because they get their vaccine certificates done through a pharmacy and uploaded into the system. Whereas here in Denmark, it's a government app. So there's no way that I could be faking, um, my vaccine certificate because it's it's an app that the government provides me, et cetera, et cetera, and, and or they haven't just got up to asking for ID here as well. We still have to show our Corona Pass when we go into a restaurant, but we don't have to show ID as well. So it, it's just very interesting what's going on. And then, the, of course, people don't like to do that because they don't like to show their ID, scan, have their ID scanned, write details down. You know, I understand. Like we're all against the global data collection <laughs> and also europe has very strong laws against that you know the gdpr yes. as they called is you cannot you know collect people's data and keep it etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah i mean we're in a really a really tricky spot in that you know But having said that, we're in this tricky spot. Australia has more than 90% of eligible people vaccinated, which to me means that the people who are vaccine-hesitant and anti vaccinations and medically compromised that cannot be vaccinated is really a really small percentage of the population.
0: Yes, it is. It is. And um, they're saying that, um, well, I mean, New South Wales and Victoria have just blown it out of the water, haven't they? They're past that. I think they're at about, you know, 94% first dose now or something. Um, yeah, and all of Australia will level out to that 90% vaccination. But I think where I live, we will be 90% double dose by New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. And, and and coming back to
1: Austria, which is where we started this conversation, yeah. they are one of the lowest countries for vaccination rates in Western Europe yeah. currently. And so they've, they've had to – and really what it comes down to – and I was having this discussion with a family member the other day. I have a family member in Australia who, who, who won't be vaccinated, who doesn't want to be vaccinated. And, and so I was having a discussion with somebody else about it and he, the person said to me, but you haven't lived the same COVID we've lived. Like you've lived a whole different COVID. So your mm-hmm. viewpoints on this is really different. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, but you're about to live the COVID I've lived yes. because once yes. – the borders are open and, and there's no barred interstate borders this COVID is coming to you, not my COVID, like not the COVID we've got here, but within Australia, Yes. regardless, it will be spreading more. And so you won't have this contact tracing that you have every day where you have a list of every place it's been because it's going to be everywhere. Yes. You know, like uh, it it just, it is what it Yes. is. You're going to have to wear a mask to the supermarket even though that doesn't protect you. You're doing it to protect somebody else because you don't know all the people around you, like, because now it's a free-for-all and yes. that's how we walk through life that's here, right. you know. That's right. And so it's just, it's an interesting conversation to have internationally, to have, as you say, nationally, locally, etc. because everybody's living, as we've always said, their own different versions of yes.
0: COVID. Oh, yeah, and my version, Nikki, like, I mean, I I um, I only today I was walking down the street thinking, well, tomorrow's d-day right tomorrow our borders open yes and and most people on the other side of the world from me watched covid come into where they were into you know infiltrate go through the lockdowns but just watch the numbers grow and grow and grow until the vaccination came and then you know things got under control whereas i have lived in the strangest world right where we have not had a covid case here i i think it must be over 6 months it must be like i haven't we haven't had a, a lockdown for the longest time we there's been nothing right absolutely nothing we've had a we've had a truck driver come through and maybe make it into another state and then realize that he's positive and somehow not infected anyone because everybody's you know wearing the mask and doing the sanitizing and doing the qr code nobody knows what's coming their way where i live at the moment it will make the most interesting study down the track won't it
1: yeah i think so because we're now in our what in europe there's third and fourth wave countries so some are having their third some are having their fourth and it's higher now than it was before wow yet the hospitalizations are, I mean, mm-hmm. they're up there compared to the first and second waves, but considering the number of cases that are um, active in the community, the hospitalizations are much reduced because of the vaccination and, and the process. So, yes. you know, but I, I, I hope it doesn't come to Australia. I mean, I've, I've been listening to the Corona cast with the lovely yes, Dr. Dr. Norman Swan and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, you know, there is some thought that, you know, because you're in summer and, and, mm. you know, it's going to be gone out of Europe before next your winter yes. and uh, that it could be. And there's lots of articles saying 2022 will be relatively COVID free globally. Mm. I mean, <laughs> didn't Gosh. we think that about 2021? <laughs> but then again, the yes. flu pandemic in 1918, I think went for two and a half years and then it, yes. and then it went away. So. Yeah. That's what we're all obviously hoping yes. for. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um all right, so my question for you Kirsty is about we talk about when we move and about finding your tribe and how do you make friends and we've done many episodes on how do you make friends. There's many posts in the Facebook group. We've got loads and loads of suggestions about how to make friends in a new location and someone's gone ahead and developed an app for that (laughs) because there's always an app for that (laughs) so it's been launched in germany and so it popped up on my facebook feed because i have a a german centric or german related facebook feed and it said you know it's called match families and i said it to you immediately would you use this app what do you think (laughs) and so so i thought that would be my question for today.
0: that is a great question Okay, so before I answer, I feel that I need to take everyone back to uh, the days of horse and cart when I began being an expat (laughs) and my very first location and getting there and going to the hotel and having a couple of messages waiting for me from people who knew that I was coming to town and I had no idea who they were and how someone rang me in the morning and said, would you like to come to the museum? Um, we're all going to the museum today. And a very, very lovely English woman who I've written about before called Karen just arrived. Now, Karen and I were at completely different ages and stages of our expat lives. Her boys were big, she'd been an expat for 20 years. I was as green as green and as grass, and I was six months pregnant. So I hopped in the car and I can remember because I was trying to gauge why are you doing this. When you have come from the non-expat world, it's all very strange to think that there is a woman who just rings you and says, I can do that, I can take you there, and I'll even have (laughs) an arrival basket for you that says welcome (laughs) Um, and it will have all sorts of things that you didn't even know you needed until you saw it. (laughs) Anyway, I can remember Karen saying... um, oh, yes, I'm part of the welcoming committee, you know, for whatever. And she was horrified that there was a welcoming committee because in her world they didn't, when she started being an expat, they didn't need a welcoming committee. We didn't need this to be official. We just did it. That's what you did. And now there's this horrifying welcoming committee where we've got to put this, this, this and this in place and I have to ring you on this day and I have to be here at this time and whatever. I feel I am now Karen in regards to this app. (laughs) In that
1: I just love that she's called Karen. Yeah. This this is the best thing. (laughs) Little did we know way back then that Karen
0: would become a thing, but she's very, very British. Uh, this Karen, but yes, I think for me, I just think it's sad because I just think, Oh, I have, I get it. I, I understand that you might get somewhere and you might say, Gee it would be easy if we could meet another family who had kids the same age as us or gee it would be easy if we could meet another family that liked to go um you know that liked paper machéing on saturday afternoons like we do <laughs> <laughs> or if you know drinking cases of beer like we do or running the you know running a marathon or doing whatever but at the same time Wouldn't it be amazing if you just went somewhere and met someone that had nothing in common with your family and they showed you all the things they did that you've never done and you showed them all the things that you do that they've never done and, oh, my gosh, you could even be friends with someone that is nothing like you and learn all sorts of new things. I don't know. And here's my other thing. So this is like a dating app for families. But we all know that when people date, they might rock up at their first date and go, you're nothing like I thought you were and you're nothing like the <laughs> you photos. You don't look like the picture. You don't look like the picture. <laughs> I'm just envisioning someone who's got a child that's totally overgrown and there's no way that child's <laughs> seven years old. He's 14. At <laughs> least they've lied in their in their description. Um But, yes, can you imagine blowing off an entire family? I mean, it's okay if you're dating and it's one-on-one. But can you imagine when your kids say, hey, I really like the Smiths that we met last week. (laughs) When are we seeing them again? Oh, no, they weren't a match. They weren't a match. Or they don't want to see us. I don't know. Um, Maybe if you're somewhere where it's just desperately hard to meet other families, yeah. I guess it's good. I don't know, Nikki, tell me what, tell me how terrible I am. Why have I got the wrong attitude about this?
1: No, I don't necessarily think you've got the wrong attitude, but I think it's what you said about you're now Karen. Yes. Because these are the people with families now that grew up with Tinder and Match.com and these are the people that married people they met on dating apps. So apps to them aren't the same as they are to us yes because we went to a pub and met a guy or a girl or whatever and Mm -hmm. uh, who knows how we found them again (laughs) but um they are not those people i mean of course they meet people in pubs and whatever but they are the people that did Things online that that married people they met online, and, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, I mean, that's what our kids are doing, dating online as well. But the same kind of thing. But they have, I think, a different mindset in relation to meeting people. Um, meeting people that way, yeah. And that's the only defense I have. <laughs> yeah. It. But I, but I think it's valid. I think it's fair. I think you know, and and you move and you think about it. When you move, and we talk a lot about families because we've got families, and when you move and you've got children who are school age, you you have a you have a, an opportunity then. Um, yeah mostly to to meet people at school if you have children that are smaller i mean think about baby groups a lot baby groups don't happen in a lot of countries baby groups for people who are not native speakers yeah you know imagine if you're at home with two little toddlers who are pre-preschool whatever and you want to work out how to meet someone
0: yeah
1: and you know you your local park no one goes to your local park you don't see anyone that your kids can be friends with at your local park yeah yeah, maybe yeah. i go to match families I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. I mean, people get so, you know, you go through the roller coaster when you move. I love this place. Look, this is amazing. Look at all these things we didn't have where we had before. And then you go through the down of like, oh, my friends aren't here and, you know, my kids' friends and they're so sad and it's so monotonous and I have to wait in line for 10 hours to do this bureaucratic thing and my life is feeling really awful right now. Yes. I don't know, and then you scroll through your
0: phone to feel better because (laughs) you can see other people's
1: lives. Maybe that's when you go to match families. I guess there
0: (laughs) are all those groups though too. See, I think I would just suss out the usual groups and clubs and whatever and forums and I know in Doha there is a Doha families page and a group that you join and you – I guess you sort yourself out in that regard that there is that sort of facility there to do it. So is it that an app is better? I don't I don't know. Um
1: I mean, what do you do? Are you answering quirky questions like, you know, my third grade teacher described me as you know, yeah. as you, you choose your bumble <laughs> question.
0: You know, like
1: what animal might you be if you're an animal?
0: I Would mean- you join? I don't know.
1: I, I I don't know. I've I've thought about this because I thought that you know next time we move we might move with no children, as in yes, you know if we move again we might yeah. have no children, and so we'll be in the well where the you know we won't have children to connect with the school community, which can be such a great place. Yeah. Uh. So I would have to. You know, look at that. And even now, like meetup, people say, Oh, go to meetup to do, you know, to find yes. things you're interested in, like a writing group, or whatever. I mean, I went to a writing group meetup in Hamburg once and it was so grim. I never went back, but no one ever contacted me to say, Oh, uh, are you coming back? Or do you know? Yeah. I mean, not that I expected them to. No, you know, <laughs> whatever. But it's just, it's luck of the draw when you go to one of those things, whether you meet people and connect with them. So I think. Yeah. It's fair to think that you might be able to do that. I can't say now definitively that I would never join one. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not prepared to go that far. But I'm prepared to say right now, not today. (laughs) And,
0: and you know, Nikki, as we talk, nobody else can see you, but I can see that you have a (laughs) Coles supermarket shopper shopping bag behind you right that, that i imagine is filled with other shopping bags um <laughs> and i still live in the romantic world of travel where you will be walking through somewhere with your coles supermarket bag and someone will say oh you're Australian and strike up a chat and you will meet that way rather than you both sitting on your couches doing your desk roll, finding, you know, <laughs> looking for people that you feel will be matches for you. But you're absolutely right. It's a different, it's just my... Uh, internal bias you may say Nikki
1: oh yes the internal bias there it is <laughs> there we go okay talking about internal biases and in th- great statements about life Kirstie last week my bold statement was to find a tennis coach and you said you would hook me up with your friend Trish <gasps>
0: And I did. And I didn't tell you, did. you. I I got halfway
1: there. But that's okay because Trish contacted oh, me, good. and now we're in contact. <laughs> and can I tell you, it's quite interesting because I think I remember I talked about it on the podcast a while ago. We went to a fair at school where there was lots of people, uh-huh. uh, lots of groups yes. about you can join this group, whatever, which is you know another way of matching up. And the group that Trish said I need to get into is the group that I felt on the day I didn't really click with. Oh. So So now Trish has redirected me back to the group. <laughs> so I want to say that I may not have actually done that. I I may I may not have actually joined that group, but now Trish has promised me that should I go there and join that group that that is where I will find my tennis Your tennis
0: people yay yes so i did automatically send a message i'd like to say straight after our podcast i sent trish a message saying nikki's very keen yes that is excellent because i love trish and i know that that tennis was her thing when she was in copenhagen so that's why i got so excited about being able to be a fixer um because (laughs) i uh i could have I, I knew I had an answer there somewhere. Nikki, I don't think I made a bold statement last week. I can't remember. But I definitely next week, there's a place down the road. I've talked about it before. It's a physio, but I believe that they have six little Pilates stretching machinery things, reformer machines there. I have told myself for months and months, maybe even a year, that I was going to go to that physio and book myself in for those Pilates stretches. Having been at work again this past Saturday, where I literally came home and laid on You did on make couch. a
1: bold statement oh, and I don't remember what oh, it is. Yes, I
0: do. I do. Oh, shivers. And I had to come back and I had to tell you about a wine, didn't I? Yes, so I'm ready. Oh, gosh. Well, can I tell you, okay, well, this is definitely straight off the bat. You know I don't have any notes. I'm going to do <laughs> one wine because I don't want to bore the pants off of everyone. We only
1: expect one. We only expect okay. one.
0: Okay, so... It's under the Beck Hardy range. It is mm-hmm. our bubbles, so, of course, we call that our sparkling. The grapes come from the Adelaide Hills area because you want the grapes to come from the Adelaide Hills because it's cooler there. So if you're making a good sparkling, you use a Pinot Noir. Oh, yes, a Pinot Noir and a Chardonnay grape. And um, in that cool climate, it gives you a nice, bright, fresh um sparkling and it is absolutely beautiful. If you join our wine club, 20 bucks a bottle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, it sounds good. Order me a case.
1: We do, we do, we do export all over the
0: world. So the Beck Hardy sparkling, you need to try it out. Okay, Nikki. Gosh, I had completely forgotten that I'd <laughs> said that. Oh dear. But yeah, worked on Saturday. Once again, came home looking like a little old lady and thought, you need to go and stretch you know i am a walker and i i am far more yeah. i am far fitter than i have been but it's that whole oh god i would do anything to have my 30 year old body to do this job <laughs> do you know in more ways than one but just just to run from one spot to another spot to another spot to pull out the basket with all the dishes in it and pop it up on the table to you know totally unpack repack carry things whatever um there's a lot and say so, yes i need to get more nimble so nikki what's your bold statement then for next week well, my bold statement for next week is
1: to pursue Trisha's uh, – so now Trisha and I in contact and I need to join the group, so I want to do a follow-up to make sure I actually do it. Yes. So my bold statement for next week is to have some sort of tennis booked by the time we speak next week. Excellent.
0: Nikki, three favourite things. What have you got?
1: Okay, so Yellowstone. Now, Beth, oh, she didn't have a good week last week. I wasn't as happy, but I just (laughs) want to do a follow-up. We said she was English and she is English. And Ah. last night I was watching Pride and Prejudice and she was there as Miss Caroline Bingley. So she's perfect in that role. I was like, you know, the very snobby sister looking down on the other people. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Beth, it's Beth. (laughs) So I just wanted to do a follow-up. I have another follow-up from last week that my husband uh, schooled me on he said he was ashamed and embarrassed to listen to the podcast and hear me talk about the game as as if I didn't know that there was now an NFL team in Las Vegas (laughs) and has been for two seasons (laughs) and that he might have to reinstitute NFL quizzes at dinner time that used to be in our past life we used to have to have quizzes on what the college team names were and what the professional team names were and where Uh, they all were and I said please please I promise to always remember there's
0: a team in Las Vegas I was trying to remember I did down download um paramount plus uh yesterday oh yes and i downloaded it and i looked and i was thinking now what did nikki tell me i had to watch what did he and i i couldn't see anything but i need to go in and have a much better look is there anything else you're watching on paramount plus that you would recommend so
1: many things but i'll come back okay. to you All don't right. off okay. the top of my head okay. okay so the other thing right so something i am watching this week which i think on australia is in binge but um is on hbo max in the rest of the world okay. is called the sex lives of college girls hmm. and mindy kaling is the writer and producer yeah <laughs> and i think you know maybe some of your children and i would be able to talk about yes. this one, <laughs> but basically it's it's meant to be a bit of a riff or a takeoff of, it's a comedy on the, you know, the frat boy shows of the eighties and nineties, you know, like just, it was really all focused around boys and their sex lives and what yeah. they did and how yeah. they got lucky. And so basically it's, it's a retrospective in that it's about girls now. Yes. And, um, it's got four, it's around four freshmen at a, a potentially, you know, Ivy league ish college. Uh, who are put together as roommates and they're all very different. Um, And one of them is based, Bella is based a little bit on Mindy Kaling. Like she wants to join the the comedy club and she wants to write for SNL. Like that's how she walks into uni and that's what she tells everybody. And um, another one of the girls is Pauline Charlemagne, which is Timothée's sister and so you spend all this time going gosh she really looks like someone oh she looks like timothy chalamet <laughs> oh. <laughs> basically so anyway i watched it the first two episodes i really did like it it's you know it's it's but it's just like one of those shows from the 90s except it's girls you know living their best college sex lives instead of boys so right. that was one for me I can't okay um, Nikki, got, yeah. go
0: back who is pauline chalamet Timothy Sarah Chalamet's sister. Who is Timothy Chalamet? He is
1: a famous actor. Famous, famous actor. Oh. He was in, um, what do I want to say he was in? He was in Little Women, the latest Little Women, oh. the movie.
0: Oh. He
1: was Teddy. Um, oh. Many, many oh. things. Now I've told you who he is. He's, okay. You're going to remember things he's in. All right, I will. All right. The other thing I watched, um, which I really loved, was the Adele special in. LA uh-huh. but and
0: what was
1: that what was that on okay so that I think was on seven this week in Australia it was right. on um it's on CBS in the US right um and it's on various various places right it, it had the Oprah interview in You're interspersed right. in it and then what so, about
0: the one she did in Britain because I saw okay
1: so that's what I was going to say so I watched the Adele special with Oprah and they were in their matching white suits in Oprah's rose garden yeah having the interviews interspersed between her singing the songs yes so Megan-esque I'm like this is Oprah's new thing like now <laughs> she's she does this uh but I was very interested because I've woken up this morning and they've released the one in the UK which was actually recorded a few weeks earlier than the one in LA right. and I really love the LA one and then I watch the UK one. And I'm like oh no that was so much better. Because yeah. they just did it in a British way. The yes. American one was done in such an American way, and the British wow. one was far more. Who are these British. clever people that work it out? Do you know? You can imagine. I mean, I I, yeah. I can only say the production on the whole thing has been amazing. Like her whole mm. rollout of this, the, yeah. whoever's running this show, very yeah. very clever. Yeah, worth all the money. Yeah. worth all the money. Yeah. and I also spent the weekend listening to on Spotify, listening to the new album, which of yes. course Adele has. Um, decreed that you can't shuffle yes, the songs.
0: I found that and out.
1: Spotify, yeah. <laughs> Spotify said, "Yeah, no worries, that's fine." Yeah, because I was listening and then I listened again. I was like, "Why is this in the same order?" And because yes. you know, usually it shuffles it automatically. Yeah. And then I went and and then um, I read about the the no shuffling situation. So I I really it was the LA one was star studded and it was so indicative of what. The US is like now compared to what the UK is like when I saw the UK clips this morning. Mm. So the U- US one had like 200 people, they're all spaced out, they're all outside. Um, it was, it was mainly just like super really fancy celebrities, et cetera, who were there. And actually it turns out that when they were setting, cause it was outside, they'd set it up months in advance and they said, okay, which is the month that doesn't rain very much in LA, et cetera, et cetera. turns out three days beforehand, it was going to rain very heavily on the night and the whole thing couldn't have gone uh-huh. ahead so they had to call every single person and say will you come the day before oh, so wow. basically they recorded the whole thing on what was meant to be the dress rehearsal night right and and most of the people obviously did come because yeah. it was a sunday night instead of a monday night so yeah. really interesting i love adele i loved listen to her. i just i love the really the just the absolute Difference in between the way she sings and the way she talks. Like she sings, <laughs> and she sounds like so. And then she talks, and it's a totally. It's like she's yeah. a different person in the way that she does those things. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: I, I got a feeling, and I, I thought this this morning, and then I thought, gosh, I'm really old to say this, but it's kind of like she's kind of like Billy Joel in that, and Elton John in that she can she can perform any time any song that you like. I, I, her songs yes. are never necessarily pop music she just writes her songs and they're all sort of mm-hmm. sound a certain way mm-hmm. and people will always always go and see her mm-hmm. and always love her and always sing along etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. so i it, it sort of it made me feel a little bit like that she's a little mm-hmm. bit like those people people except she's Adele which is obviously she's not much better but just a different a different personality in this in this day and age but I I just really loved it and they did in the LA one they did a thing where a guy was proposing to his girlfriend they set up a fake tv show and it was very sweet and so that was nice. yet in the in the UK one they did with her old teacher with Emma Thompson doing a setup for her old teacher to come on stage with her so they did a surprise for her as as opposed to a surprise for I thought the engagement one
0: was clever because we all know that she's going through a divorce and the song that they played was such a beautiful love song from the past that I don't think you you would have listened to it and just thought about the fact of when she wrote it for who she wrote it for and that it all... Yeah it doesn't work now. Do you know so it was so beautiful to have that engagement and then it turned the love song into a beautiful love song again that she could sing for someone else. Yeah. I yes. thought it was brilliant. Yeah. But yeah the one with the teacher oh was- yes. Yeah. So last night, so we woke
1: up this morning to see that last night in the UK they ran the special, and uh, Emma Thompson got up and asked a question, and the question was a setup, which was you know was there someone that's changed your life? And yes. she talked about a teacher she had in grade eight who just popped up in the audience so I mean
0: well done again to the people who set yeah. all that up because and she honestly looks totally real e- ugly cry didn't she like yes it was, it was it so left the legit stage to have a makeup redone yes it was so legit because you were like oh wow you are genuinely shocked by this and this is a genuinely beautiful moment you yes know, which we don't often get now we we go oh yeah that's not that's really. set up yeah, set up. yeah. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Okay. okay. And the third
1: one was, now now I know I'm talking about podcasts a lot with people I know in them, but it just is a thing lately. So, um, when we lived in Hong Kong, we had friends who were American and they um, one of them was in the Navy and he ran the ran the supply stuff for the ships that came into Hong Kong and they were like really big sort of carrier sh- shipping groups that would come in all the big big ships and one Christmas we we hosted I think six sailors from the Abraham Lincoln because he had organized he was organizing all the shore leave so organizing families for all the sailors to go and have Christmas with and mm-hmm. we had them at our place and while he was there he would talk not very much but he would say you know he's having a tough time there were some issues going on he couldn't really talk about it but a couple of years later he left the navy and pursued his own things, and he's a very successful businessman now. And several years later, I started seeing these sort of um, posts in international press about this Fat Leonard scandal. So there's a contractor in Asia who was paying off people high up in the Navy with various things and in various ways to overpay for things. And it turned out that our friend had been reporting this to say this guy is over overcharging us and we should do something about it and sort of reporting out the chain and he kept getting squashed and and he kept getting Uh. you know sort of pushback and he and in fact you know they were trying to run him out of town so to speak and of course when you're sitting living it you think oh well it sounds a bit ridiculous you know and then you go back and see it And it's actually an an international scandal. This guy's taking down people left and right in the U.S. Navy. And um, uh, my friend posted and I saw that there was a podcast about it and I thought, oh, I'm going to listen to that. Anyway, and my friend's, um, his wife, also my friend, posted a thing saying, oh, you know, you should listen to Dave in this episode of of this podcast. And so I went and I listened and and then I listened to the whole podcast because I really, really enjoyed it. Obviously having a personal um, – and then I looked up. Who was doing it? And it's done by a a new production media company called Project Brazen. And Project Brazen are two guys who are expats who worked in Asia and the Middle East. And they um, formed their own com- company after they wrote the book The Billion Dollar Whale, which was about oh a Malaysian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. So they wrote this book. They've sold it. And the Billion Dollar Whale is now being adapted and it's under development by the makers of Crazy Rich Asians to make a movie out of it. And so they've got books and they've got podcasts. And one of the authors of the book is the um, – is the host of this podcast anyway it's called fat leonard and it's about um it's about corruption and uh, abuse and of power in the u.s navy and one of my friends was involved in it and is in in one of the episodes well in more than one of the episodes Sounds and good. uh yeah so Sounds it's good. it's worth a listen and it's also expat related so it's you know it's yeah. kind of ticks a lot of boxes this week okay yeah. Kirsty, what about you
0: now, Nikki, I was going to talk about The Shrink Next Door, but I've realised that I need to do a little bit more investigating because I believe The Shrink Next Door was also a podcast before it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it on was. Apple. And so I'm going to go and have a listen to that first. But I thought maybe if I give you the heads up, um, I've, I've sort of started watching it and, and really enjoying it. But maybe we can talk about it next week and we can talk about the difference between the podcast via the television series yeah um look my all-time favorite favorite thing i think this might even be my favorite thing for the year is a few years ago there was a big well there was a shocking case actually where dean lady was a north melbourne football player and a coach and revered within the north melbourne football club there was some and i can't remember why there was an arrest it may have been drug related I'm not sure but there was arrest made and uh, Dean went to uh, was arrested and went to the police station and one of the policemen um, took photos of him while he was under arrest and the reason it became such a big story Was that at that point was uh, I guess identifying as a woman, and so in the pictures wearing you know a, a skirt and blouse and high heels and the whole thing, and it was just so unbelievable that a policeman could think that it was a reasonable thing to take photos and share them because the policeman was obviously, oh, wow, look at this. We've got this big burly footballer who was a football coach, who was a star, who's now standing in front of me identifying as a woman and, you know, I'm going to share this in my WhatsApp group and show them who we've got down at the station. There was a lot of conversations at the time about it was really all about the policeman and how the policeman had behaved so badly and you know what should happen to them. But of course then there's the you know the cheap the people in the cheap seats that are you know making making that whole conversation about Dean Laidlaw. This week I saw one of the most beautiful, progressive and hopeful things in the world in that the North Melbourne Football Club came out this week to talk about the fact that they are now debt-free. And it was a huge celebration that they are now debt-free because they were a club that was going to disappear at one stage. They were thinking they might, might move them to Tasmania. So when they had to do their press release and their their all their presses and be on the news that night, they they brought their the most important people from their football club to talk and talk about it. And there was Danny Laidlaw. And she was front and center And there was such genuine love around her of everyone just wanted to be with her, hugging her, shaking hands with her, being with her, congratulating her on her time at the football club and what an amazing player and coach she she had been and just how, you know, this was the future. And she talked about her love of the football club and everybody embraced her and she was really part of it. And I thought that is one of the biggest things I have seen, um, in my time in Australia of people who have transitioned and been accepted and promoted and embraced and, and put forward as role models. And it does so much because it shows that you have to be so brave, but the, if people are there to stand next to you and support you, you know you can do anything. And I just, I just loved it as a story and loved the way the football club um, approached it and got around it. I thought it was, a, it was just showed that we, we quite often we talk about how sad and depressing things are when people don't do the right thing, but we also need to promote and be positive about when these things happen that are so fantastic uh so that's my one of my things my favorite things for the week yeah no i want to say that's so lovely because it, it what you said about
1: the support and the people helping you know you can do anything if you have support but also it just goes such a long way for acceptance to yes. see for other people so not the people who know danny and know what a great person danny is there's also the people who don't know danny and don't know anything and just know the story from a few years ago when that happened and the leaking of the police and the sniggering and everything and now there's all the public who've seen that that there's this massive acceptance and this this massive and you know there's some kids sitting somewhere or some adult sitting somewhere who's going to take really hope from that and and real just and just think well you know i can do that too yes. if that's what they need to do yeah, to be their true exactly self so, yeah and that's exactly what
0: it is nikki because you you think every time so if this hadn't have happened so any time someone would have looked back at the football club and looked at that time within the football club oh, what happened to Dean Lane? Oh, remember there was that scandal where he got got arrested and he was dressed and whatever. Well, no, now you can see, no, that wasn't what it was. This was a person who was transitioning and going through a really tough time doing it. And now look at them. They are, you know, someone that we are celebrating. And, yeah, I agree. I think it just does so much because anyone who wants to be the idiot and be mean... They get silenced a little bit every time we do this. Every time we—that's right. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So my other one that I'm really enjoying is—it's an Instagram page in um called Lady Marmalade in Doha, and I only found it because someone else I follow had had actually gone to this person. I can't even tell you their name. I can just tell you that that's their Instagram handle. They are Lady Marmalade in Doha. And um Italian food, amazing. Italian food and recipes and beautiful photos. And I have really, really enjoyed it. And I've already sort of stolen a couple of recipes um, where I've thought, oh, that looks good. And not too hard. And um good instructions. So yes, I came across the page because someone else I follow, the Romantic Fridge in um Doha, had been to their house and said, I'm never going to be able to eat Italian food again because this is just so, so good. Um, So, yes, I would recommend that one. And, Nikki, this is something, this is a case that you and I have talked about in the past and I still have the same questions, but I really want to recommend for people to go and listen to it. Um, an episode of The Briefing, which is more a daily news uh podcast out of australia yeah i usually listen to it i didn't see this one so this one i think it was only on friday thursday or friday okay i just listened to it this morning um they talked about the case of the women who were on the plane to australia who stopped in Qatar, and at the same time someone gave birth to a baby in the toilets so in the airport and someone yep, found this toilets. premature baby in the toilets in the rubbish bin and they immediately shut down all the flights and went on the planes and took these women off the plane and then did invasive body searches to try and ascertain if they were they had just given birth so this is an interview with an Australian woman who went through the ordeal yes and I'm so frustrated Nikki because they did not ask any of the questions that you and I had at the time and I'm still trying to work it out you know when you're you're listening listening thinking ask ask this ask this go on come (coughs) ask this Um, and they didn't Um, and I have to say there was a little bit at the end of the interview where I thought it was a bit sensationalized about the baby and the person they they said that they thought the person who had given birth hadn't been charged or was yet to be discovered and hadn't been charged and that the baby was in an orphanage in Qatar and I don't know how anyone would know that at all um, being no. someone who's lived in Qatar. Uh, I think that was just someone's made a broad sweeping decision on that one. The interview is terrifying because you you hear that this woman is Australian. I believe there were six or seven of them. Uh, what happened was they were sitting on the plane. An announcement, a male came over on the announcement and said all of the women are to um, leave the plane. Men with guns got on the plane and started rounding up the women Um, she was traveling with her husband he of course became quite agitated to say well no you can't take my wife and of course at that stage they're not they're not even thinking that it's the women who are the issue they're thinking oh they're going to leave all the men and do something to the men on the plane she was more worried about oh that's what they were thinking so she was more worried about why are these men with guns coming on the plane and they're going to get all the women off? What are they going to do to this plane? Is this plane going to take off without us and leave us here? Or, you know, what is... Because they had no concept of what was going on, which must have been absolutely terrifying. (sighs) And um, so they came off the plane. They were taken to an ambulance... She talks about how she could see through the curtain of the ambulance to see that there were security people on the other side, so she assumes that they could also see her, um, how they put her on the bed and they would determine they were going to do this search, that the woman had very limited English who spoke to her, how she was holding onto her underwear saying no, 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 and they would. they then still went ahead and did a very invasive search of her. She's still suffering from post-traumatic stress and she talked about all the things in her life that she's now struggling with after it. But it also got me thinking, Nikki, of us as travellers. You know, only yesterday I was down at the beach with my dog and a lady told me something about the heat. And she said, how do you handle the heat? And, of course, I said, well, I am I live in Qatar usually, so, yeah, you know, I don't mind the heat, don't find it that much of a problem. And she did the whole, oh, Qatar, gee, you know, you're brave. Um, and I said, no, no, it's a great place to live. We've been there for 10 years. We absolutely love it. She said, yes, but, you know, what about being a woman there, which is what, people always say do you have to do you have to cover up you know do you have to do whatever and I found myself defending Kata as I always do because I have lived there safely happily educated children there I have thoroughly enjoyed my time there and would not hesitate in going back but it did make me think of all those times we as women travel where you do suddenly have that moment of truth where you go if this taxi driver who's driving me home you know, late at night decided to do something, would I have a leg to stand on in court? No, I wouldn't uh, because I shouldn't in the eyes of the law being in the car with him on my own. Or if someone was to get on my plane with a gun and say, you've got to get off and I've got to search you, would I have a leg to stand on? Don't know if I would. And this is why as women we travel so... Differently, we've got all sorts of alertness about us for want of a better term, but we're, we're hyper aware, I think, at all times that just maybe things could just turn a little bit pear shaped. Um, so I don't know. I want to know because I still remember at the time, Nikki, our question at the time was, well, where are the other women? Where are the Canadian women? Where are the yes, English women? Yes. Where are those women? And, and what what is the government doing about it? Yes, you know, and the answer what? with the Australian government is they're not doing anything, by the sounds of it, not a thing. And um, of course, evidently under the law, they can't sue the Qatari government, but they can sue Qatar Airways, which is owned yeah, by yeah. the Qatari government. Yeah. But I just my my confusion is because it was a funny time, right? Because it was still COVID. It was October last year. And so I'm thinking, well, okay, maybe everybody on that plane was Australian, but surely there were other planes they stopped or did they only stop that plane? And I just feel like we still don't have have enough information. We don't have enough information. So this woman, her her story was terrifying and um, I really, really felt for her. But, gee, I wish we knew more about it
1: yeah a hundred percent I still have a lot of questions, so I'm gonna go and listen to it now and um and we'll see what happens next but yeah I'll be interested to to talk about it with you more after I've listened because yeah, so many questions, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad it's getting i mean i'm I'm sorry that she had to share her experience and talk about it, but I'm glad that it's getting out there again because I think it was yeah. hushed it felt very hushed up very quickly yeah it was very very small it didn't really go mainstream it went in expat circles it did but it didn't seem to go mainstream in the in the general media.
0: Mm. Okay, Kirsty. Nikki, I know we're we're finishing but I'm sure everybody else is going to want to know this and I've asked you this as a side note because we talked about your eldest son going to um London. And- yeah. Can we get a quick couple of sentences of how it went, what it was like for you guys with him out of the house and not there, but also how he found it and what it was like for him? Yeah, so he went to London a few weeks ago
1: to visit friends from uh, from school who are at university there and some online friends that he'd never met in real life before, so oh. he was off on a big adventure. Uh, which was quite, um, it was, interesting. I mean, it was really scary for us. I mean, we've talked before that he, he's neurodiverse. And so tra- traveling alone for him in between countries, especially outside the EU because of Brexit was a big deal. Yeah. He got accused of being illegally in Denmark at the airport on his way
0: out right. because he
1: didn't hand the right, right card over. Um, uh, but he managed that all himself and he, he really had a, had a good time. He was shocked by how university students live, which I thought was <laughs> interesting, <laughs> particularly ones that flat by themselves. Those in student accommodation, he found a little bit more structured. Um, but yeah, no, he had a great time. He, he, he negotiated all himself. And while on the way there, I was on WhatsApp with him a lot of the time, where, where are you now? You're the checking counter. What are you doing? Et cetera. On the way back, I got, I'm landed. I didn't even have to – he went all the way from downtown London to the airport through the whole – all the controls, everything himself. So he had a really good time. He said London's loud. There's a lot of people and um, he's not quite sure if it's for him. That was a possibility for study for him in future years. So it was good for him to go and to – one, to see his friends but also just to get a bit of a feel for what it was like to live a student life there and um, – He might be opting out on that. But yeah, no, it was so, it was so amazing that we're now, you know, we're talking about sending him to Australia. That's <laughs> I huge. said, but I, I'd like to go with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for me, not for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that is huge, Nikki. Did you ever think in this process that you would get to this stage that he would be able to circumnavigate a, a trip like that?
1: I, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, we we talk all the time about how much he's surprised us. Yes. And um, he's, you know, he's a really, he's a great kid. But you know, he just has different priorities and different life skills than other people his age. And yeah. it, it's just more that now, you know, he he's sort of evening out a little bit. He's getting into the same life priorities and skills that other people have at his age as well so he yeah no i mean we we've talked about how what a great success it was i'm not sure that he's as impressed as we are <laughs> but we i mean he did all things i told you he did act, went axe throwing showed us a photo Oh, i did this i was like what like, you know all these things that he did that he you know it was no big deal no big deal i just did that yeah so you know and he went on buses and trains and all around the city with friends and without friends and you know he had a good time. But, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's big. It's it's really big. And it's made us um, all feel very confident or much more confident about, you know, yep. what's ahead in the next few years. So, yeah. Ah, oh, that's so exciting good. Exciting time. That's
0: so good. I love <laughs> that you just got the landed text because that, really, yeah. that really is a big deal, right, that there was not one <laughs> yeah. hiccup along the way. Yeah. Didn't
1: even say how you're getting to the airport. I just said, are you going to the airport today? And he just, he's like, yeah, no, I'm there. Wow. He got there very early. He was very aware of being there early. And, yeah, no, he just, he really did a great job. That's so good. I found his passport in the backseat of the car when I went (laughs) to get something because we'd asked him when he got in the car. We went to the airport to pick him up to show us that he had all his documents. Yeah. And then I said to him, where's your passport? He goes, well, you know, I bought it. I was, you know, I showed you in the car. I was like, yeah. I found it in the car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. All right, Nikki. All right. I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.